Oh, there's levels. Let me minimize this window. Okay. Bear with me, man. For the sake of the audience, I've turned off my fan. It is freaking hot. It is summertime. If you're listening to this well into the future, oh, it's July in Canada. And yes, you silly non-Canadians, it does get hot here in the summer. We are fortunate enough here in this lovely country to experience all the seasons, including the freaking humid as hell heat in the summer. What's going on, everybody? It's Nairby, sealandgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby in the heat. Speaking of which, it's time for another episode of Degrassi Buddy. It's episode 16. Let me maximize the window. There we go. Of Degrassi Buddy. And today we will be recapping... And making fun of and rejoicing over Degrassi High. See, oh, I'm already sweating. Degrassi High Season 1, Episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. Because, yes, there is a two-parter in here. And as everybody knows, well, you should know by now, we do the two-parters in the same episode. So you're getting four this time, okay? SierraLoneGrapeJuice.com. Go there and give me money at least. All right. <sighs> we start off with Degrassi High Season 1, Episode 7. Entitled Just Friends, air date December 12th, 1989. And we start with Wheels and Heather, and they're walking down the stairs together, complaining about all the tests that they're getting in school. It's high school, man. Why is it so hard? When is recess? <laughs> I remember, it's, oh, it's, I veer off already. I remember in grade eight, you see, it, I don't know if it still happens. I'm sure it still happens now, but in grade eight, we would go. The, the kids would go on tours of various high schools so they could decide which high school they want to go to. And we, we went on. We, my class went to this one school. I think it was uh, Cedarbrae. It was called Cedarbrae High School. And uh, at one point, the the tour guide said, "Okay, anybody have any questions?" And one kid in my class raised his hand. He said, "When is recess? <laughs> There's no recess in high school. Come on, man." Anyway, they're complaining. Wheels and Heather are complaining. And uh, Wheels has cut off about an inch or two off of his mullet. So, yeah. He started off with this uh, Degrassi High with that ridiculous ponytail. Now he got rid of it. He's got a mullet, but it's getting shorter. And uh, he and Heather arrive, and they meet Erica and Snake. And they they all part ways. Wheels go with Snake. Heather and Erica go together. Erica jokes with Heather that she's still chasing Wheels. And Heather confirms that she's going to get him. Heather then pulls out an issue of Moxie Magazine. I've, I've never heard of it, but it's probably a, a female magazine, and that's probably why I've never heard of it. <sighs> Not that I've never heard of any female magazines. I mean, I'm a dude, and yeah, they, they've had uh, adult educational magazines that I've heard of, many of them. Uh, Heather shows uh, the Moxie Magazine to Erica, and Erica rolls her eyes as she reads the title of an article called How to Get Him to See More... To, or, sorry, How to Get Him to See You as More Than Just a Friend. Heather says that she's tired of just being friends with Wheels, and she wants him to see her as an object of desire. Erica tells Heather that uh, those kinds of articles are dumb. Meanwhile, she was all about horoscopes in, in uh, Degrassi Junior High with Clutch. Everybody remember, everybody remember that? Yeah, Erica was all about that garbage. Heather tells Erica that she wants to have a party. As suggested in the article, <laughs> as low lights and hot music can do a lot. And then we get the intro. After the intro, we're in class. Time is up on writing a test. Heather gives Erica a guest list for the party that she wants to have. Erica doesn't believe having a party will get Wheels to like Heather, but Heather is still hopeful, and Erica agrees to help anyway. We go to the cafeteria. Melanie, Diana, Maya, and Kathleen are having lunch together. Scott the douche shows up. He comes over, and he wants to talk to Kathleen. 
But Melanie says that Kathleen's too bit that she's busy. So Scott the douchebag leaves as Kathleen sits there just looking awkward and she didn't even look at him at all. Maya asks if Kathleen and Scott are having a fight. And Melanie tells Maya that Kathleen and Scott broke up. And Diana suggests that they can that uh, they can be the, the, the not have club. And when Maya asks what that is, they tell her that the they uh, they not they have sorry the, the they have not decent clothes, they have not popularity, which just disappoints me as Melanie oozes popularity and awesomeness, but she, she she's she's just too arrogant and awesome to uh to 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 rub it in people's faces. But Melanie's awesome. Uh, they have not hickeys, and Maya asks if she can join the club, and they explain that the purpose of the club is to get out. Diana says that she's never going to get out because she's not allowed to date. And then they start talking about the perfect man. And Maya says that her perfect man would be a doctor. And the doctor would fall in love with her and dedicate his life to curing her illness. Because, Diana, because Maya, for those who may not remember, is the one is in the wheelchair. And upon saying this, the other girls sit there and they, they just look awkward as Maya minds her own business and goes back to eating her lunch. Meanwhile, Heather and Erica enter the cafeteria. Heather sees Snake and Wheels at a table. She goes over to talk to them. She tells them that she and Erica are having a party. And she invites both Snake and Wheels to come. Wheels asks what the occasion is. Erica and Heather just sit there. And then Erica smiles and says that it's nothing special. And then she just gives, does a little grin and she walks away. As Heather remains there ogling Wheels. <laughs> and then she eventually leaves and catches up to Erica. And she asks, sorry, she catches up, yeah, she catches up with Erica. And Heather asks Erica, see, these twins still get me confused. Uh, Heather asks Erica why she had to make it so obvious. And she says that she's sure Erica gave it away, the fact that Heather's just totally into wheels. But Erica says that we, says, uh, she assures uh, uh, the other twin, Heather, that wheels didn't notice a thing. Meanwhile, at the table, Snake tells wheels that uh, he thinks Heather likes him. And Wheels casually says that, you know, I like her too, so what? <laughs> and Wheels replies that, no, no, Heather really likes Wheels. But Wheels doesn't believe it, and he says that they're just friends. Uh, uh-oh. Heather and Erica then sit down with Lucy, and they tell her about the party. And Lucy asks if it's okay if Clutch also came, and the twins agree. Lucy then gives them a card to sign for LD, who is still in the hospital. Lucy tells them that LD still doesn't know what's wrong after several tests. Later on, classes end, and Melanie, Diana, and Kathleen complain about the tests that they just had, and Diana suggests an outing for the Have Not Club, just to unwind a little. Diana suggests going for donuts, and invite Maya, but Maya can't go because her mom is picking her up, and suggests that, hey, why don't we just go get donuts on Monday instead, and uh, uh, Diana, Melanie, and uh, Kathleen agree. Maya, uh, Maya then leaves, and Melanie says that school's... That they should have no. That she didn't leave yet. Maya, Melanie tells Maya that the school should have a wheel have should have wheelchair ramps at both ends of the school, because with the current setup, Maya has to go from one end of the building every time she wants to change floors, and take an elevator and go all the way back to get to, just to get to her classes. Maya says that she's grateful that there is at least one ramp, and that not all buildings are as accessible as the amazing Degrassi High. Yeah, they part ways, and Diana comments about having to plan three days ahead. Just to go for donuts. Diana then suggests going to a movie tomorrow. 
Melanie suggests that they should invite Maya as well, but Kathleen says that day Maya's in a wheelchair and she can't get there because she can't take a streetcar. I was watching this thinking, come on, was she not listening when Maya said her mom would pick her up? I mean, come on, Kathleen, you're smarter than this. Get rid of this attitude, damn it. We're all just starting to like you. Anyway, Diane comments that the Mount Royal movie theater has a lot of steps and no ramp. Kathleen then suggests that Maya will understand, you know, if they don't invite her. But Melanie, because she's so friggin' awesome, doesn't feel right excluding Maya. And just then, Scott the douche appears again and he still wants to talk to Kathleen. She agrees and tells Melanie and Diana to go ahead without her. Scott apologizes to Kathleen and says that everything, that, uh, everything going on at home caused him to lose his temper. He tells Kathleen that he didn't mean to hurt her. And it'll never happen again, and he needs her. Kathleen says, sorry, turns away, and leaves. Good for her. Screw that guy. We cut to St. Michael's Hospital in Toronto, which is still a hospital to this day. Yeah. Lucy gives LD the card and asks about the test that she's been having. LD says that she's going to get the test results the next day. And LD tells Lucy that she feels crummy all the time. But Lucy assures LD that she's going to get better soon. Lucy then tells LD about her party and LD tells Lucy to say hi to everyone for her and Lucy says especially Wheels because as uh, we made, there was one point in Degrassi High this season where LD was uh, digging Wheels' butt and his ponytail but it's unfortunate man that uh, ah, this is going on with LD I like the LD character man come on and then, after, anyway, then Lucy says that she's going to stop by the hospital to, again tomorrow before the party just to hang with LD for a bit. LD says that she hopes that she'll, leave, that, uh, she'll know the test results by then. And she said that she's undergone a lot of tests. One where they put a needle in her hip bone. And she tells Lucy that the doctors and the nurses, they, they just won't tell her anything. They just smile a lot. As Lucy tells her that everything's going to be over soon. Yeah, it's never a good sign, man, I'm sure. When you're at a hospital and you don't know what's wrong and you ask the doctors and the nurses what's wrong and they just smile and say, don't worry. Yeah, they know something. They, they know something, man. Meanwhile, Melanie, Kathleen, and Diane are on the way to the movie and Melanie is still upset, you know, because she's awesome. Melanie is still upset that Maya couldn't go as Kathleen replies that they all wish Maya could be going, but she couldn't. So stop talking about it. <laughs> God. And Streetcar arrives and they board. At home, Heather and Erica are getting ready for the party. Heather gives Erica instructions on what to do to help. Like touching Wheels' hair. Because guys love it when girls do that. <laughs> well, doesn't anybody like that? Doesn't, doesn't anybody? Don't, don't even, even the ladies like that? I'm sure they do. I'm sure my cat likes when I pet her head. I'm sure she loves it. Dogs too. <sighs> That's why these magazines are trash, man. They're just telling the obvious and you're paying for it. Erica again rolls her eyes as they continue setting things up. Heather tells Erica that if she sees her and Wheels dancing to a fast song, change the music quickly to a slow song. Heather then says that after a bit of slow dancing with Wheels, she'll remark to him that it's hot and suggest sitting outside where she will then say it's cold. And she'll snuggle up next to him. <laughs> Erica tells her not to plan so much and just let nature take its course. Yeah, no crap, no shit. Heather says that she's not going to leave it to chance and miss her big opportunity. We then go to the, back to the hospital. 
Lucy arrives and she goes into LD's room. Shows LD the new dress that she's wearing for the party. Ta-da! What do you think of my new dress? What's wrong? I'm trying to be brave for my dad and everything. Why do you have to be brave? They told me. I have leukemia. Isn't isn't that like cancer? It is cancer. My mom died from cancer. I have to start chemotherapy tomorrow. I'm gonna lose all my hair. <laughs> grow back. They say it will. LD, I know you. You're strong. You can beat this. Lucy, nice to see you. Hi. Um, I better get going. Lucy, don't tell anyone, okay? Not yet. They gave her a main story here and there in Degrassi Junior High with the uh, the the soccer things and the things with Joey with the pictures that he had in his locker. And then at one point in Degrassi High, it looked like they were going to give her more prominent angles, especially with wheels. And then they do this. So it's just unfortunate, man. The LD character's great. Anyway, LD's father arrives. Lucy says that she has to go. LD asks Lucy to not tell anybody yet. And as Lucy leaves, she hears LD's father tell her to be strong. And Lucy starts to cry. We go to the party where everyone is dancing. Got some people outside as well. Clutch arrives and he asks if anybody knows where Lucy is. Snake's there, he's outside and he says he hasn't seen Lucy. And this was a cool little bit. It was cool seeing Clutch and Snake like do that little high five, shake hands things like they're friends. Since, you know, in Degrassi Junior High, Clutch swiped six of their beers. <laughs> but obviously Clutch warmed up to Snake and probably the rest of the Zit Remedies after helping them with their video. So, I like seeing that little interact. Just a, just a simple little, you know, shake of hands between uh, Snake and Clutch. Anyway, go inside. Heather's dancing with wheels to a fast song. And Heather makes a gesture to Erica to change the music. So Erica does. And she puts on a song by Gowan. Because the Degrassi Universe... Loved Gowan. <laughs> Big time. Or maybe Gowan loved the Degrassi universe and he was like, Hey man, use all my songs for free. Who knows? So she puts on the new song. Alexa loves the new song. 
And she wants dumb Simon to dance with her, <laughs> which he does. <laughs> I'm going to call him dumb Simon forever. <laughs> and the song that's put on is Burning Torches of Hope by Gowan. That's the name of the song for those who might want to know or forgot the name of the song. Burning Torches of Hope. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it. I, I, I'm Because I'll get... People will mistake me for Gowan. I'm that good. Anyway, Heather continues dancing with wheels. And then Snake asks Erica to dance, which she does. Heather then starts putting her fingers through Wheels' mullet and mouths over to Erica, thank you. Later, Heather tells Wheels that it's hot and they agree to sit outside. Or go outside. They go and they stand out on the porch for a little bit and do some small talk. As Wheels is standing there seeming a little awkward. And then they sit on a sofa that's uh, located underneath a window. And uh, I noticed that Wheels seems to have... It's, it, I don't know what it was, but it was like the shape of a pack of cigarettes or something in his back pocket. Now, I've never known the Wheels character to smoke, so I don't know what else it could have been. But that's what it seemed to be. Uh, anyway, Wheels still seems uh, pretty awkward as he's looking straight ahead. <laughs> straight out into the distance as Heather is sitting right there beside him just staring at him. Heather then touches Wheels' hair. And upon doing this, Wheels asks if he's, you know, do I have something in my hair? <laughs> and, and then Heather pretends to grab something and flick it away. Just awkward as anything. Damn. God. Heather then shivers a little. And Wheels asks her if she's cold and he puts his arm around her. And then they look out into the stars. Heather points out some of the constellations. After Wheels points out the Big Dipper. Wheels tells Heather that she's pretty good at astrology, as Heather corrects him with astronomy. Heather turns to look at Wheels. They stare at each other for a little bit, and then they start making out. Meanwhile inside, everybody is still dancing. Now they're dancing to Moonlight Desires by, uh, you probably heard of him. His name is Gowan. <laughs> and Joanne, she goes to the record player to check out the music. And upon doing this, she looks outside the window where she sees Wheels and Heather making out. And of all people that Joanne can call over and say, hey, check it out, she calls Allison over. <laughs> Who then calls Amy over. The two worst people you can call over to check out something like this. These two gossip queens. <laughs> Holy God. And eventually everybody's looking out the window at Erica. Sorry, Heather and Wheels making out. They're digging it, including Snake. You know, laughing. Erica then comes over to see what's up. She sees what's up and she tells everybody to grow up and she goes outside and she tells Heather that their mother's looking for her. And that's when Wheels and Heather jump apart quickly. And Heather says that she thought their mother, you know, she was going to stay upstairs tonight, but Erica says that, yay, she was starting to wonder. So Heather should come inside now. Wheels tells Heather that he has to leave. And he awkwardly tells her that he'll call tomorrow. <laughs> well, it wasn't so much awkward as it was like no hand, no chance in hell it's going to happen. You can tell. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and Heather is happy upon hearing this. And she leans in for a big kiss goodnight. And Wheels gives her a quick little peck on the lips, which seemed to surprise Heather. Who then goes inside as Wheels sits down on the steps, looking out like he regrets kissing her. <laughs> Ah, oh, tell you, I knew a guy. Tell the stories we veer off real quickly. I knew a guy. He broke up with his ex at one point, right? 
but he remained friends with her. And then, like, friends to the point where they would still hang out. And then, at one point, <laughs> he got the idea <laughs> to see how long he could go without masturbating. True story. So, he was apparently, at the end of his second week, hanging out with his ex-girlfriend. And th- they were at his house. And they were just just cozying together. And then... Well, you don't masturbate for two weeks, and uh, yeah, they start rubbing up against each other. Yeah, she was no longer his ex anymore. <laughs> so yeah, and and he told me that after he said goodbye to her that night, he instantly regretted it. <laughs> That's what's called thinking with your wanger, man, big time. Holy crap! Anyway, <laughs> we return to the hospital, and Lucy has come back to LD's room carrying some magazines. She's also got a teddy bear with her. LD asks Lucy, you know, if the party's over already. Lucy said that she decided not to go because Lucy is also friggin' awesome. Lucy's great. LD's dad leaves them alone to talk. Lucy tells LD that she thought they could uh, look through some of the magazines together, maybe pick out some clothes. LD thanks Lucy for coming back, and they start uh, going through the pages. And uh, seeing this again, I really wanted to see more of the LD character, damn it. But Lucy is awesome. I mean, we are going to see a little more of the LD character, but they're obviously, uh, you know, spoiler alert, it's uh, coming to an end. Well, not the bad end, you know, spoiler alert again, but yeah, anyway. We go back to the party, Snake comes outside, he joins Wheels on the steps, he tells Wheels that it's hot inside, but not as hot as it was outside earlier. (laughs) And Wheels says that he just wants to leave, and he starts to leave, and he asks Snake if he wants to leave too, but Snake doesn't want to leave because he's loving the Gowan party. <laughs> and Wheels says that he really wants to leave, and if Snake wants to stay, that's fine. Snake f- agrees to just leave with Wheels. Wheels asks Snake if everybody saw what happened. Snake confirms that yes, everybody did. I mean, after all, Allison and Amy were there, so of course everybody saw it. And Wheels says that he didn't mean for it to happen. And Snake jokes that when Heather pins a guy to the couch, he stays pinned. But Wheels doesn't find it, he doesn't find that funny at all. Snake says there's nothing wrong with making out. (laughs) Well, maybe not to a dude. (laughs) And he asks if Wheels likes Heather, and Wheels says that he does, but not as a girlfriend. And he didn't tell Snake that he told Heather that he'd call her, but he doesn't want to, as he doesn't know what he would say. Exactly, man, letting people down, especially after you just make out with them, I'm sure is never easy at all. But stringing them along is even worse. You know, I've been there. I've been on the end of a string, man. You know, it'll hurt, but just bloody hell, be honest. So people can move the hell on. (sighs) Snake tells Wheels to talk to Heather and apologize. Wheels says that you can't tell someone that you don't really like them after you've made out with them. Well, uh, thinking with your wanger, dude. God, maybe you should have cut that off instead of your mullet. Oh, anyway, the next morning, Heather and Erica talk about how great the party was. And Heather remarks that she thinks she's in love, which surprises Erica. And she uh, and she, and she tells Heather to be careful after what happened with her and getting pregnant and all. Heather says that she can take care of herself, and Erica replies, that's what I said. <laughs> Heather then wonders what happened to Lucy, and Erica goes for the phone to call Lucy... As Heather quickly stops her, as she's waiting for Wheels to call. And that's when we get a quick zoom-in shot of the phone, just 
about to ring at any second. Any second now. It's almost there. Okay, any second. And we go to school on Monday. <laughs> Melanie, Diane, and Kathleen are talking about the movie that they saw. Maya hears them and says that it sounds like they're talking about Queen in Exile, which I'm sure is not an actual movie, but I don't know. If it is, it's probably a really garbage movie because I haven't heard of it yet. Anyway, and uh, Maya asks if they've seen it. And they admit that they went to see it on the weekend. Diana tells Maya that they wanted to ask her to come as well, but they, but you know they went on a streetcar. And the theater had a lot of stairs. Maya then gets ticked off and tells them that they shouldn't assume that she can't go to the movies. As her mother could have driven them there. And there's lots of theaters that are wheelchair accessible. And she tells them there's a lot of things that she can that she cannot do. But there's also a lot of things that she can do. She calls them patronizing hypocrites. Who only pretends to care. And she leaves. X freaking exactly. High five. No high ten to Maya. Just like the armchair activists on social media with their, uh, I don't, I, let me just say, if you're one of those people, you ain't fooling me at all with your slacktivism. Give me a break. <sighs> anyway, Melanie runs after Maya and she apologizes because Melanie's awesome. Whereas Diana and Kathleen are obviously not. <laughs> Elsewhere in the hallway, Erica's telling Heather that she's, she's sure that Wheels has a good reason for not calling. But Heather says that she doesn't want to talk to him now. They then turn a corner, and there's Wheels and Snake. Wheels just looks at Heather. They awkwardly say hi to each other. Wheels then does this weak little pathetic smile, awkward smile, and then he bends down to get a drink from the water fountain. If that water fountain wasn't there, oh my god, dude. But it's bad enough that it's bad enough that it was, but if it wasn't, it would have been worse. What would he have done? Erica calls Wheels a creep. She and Heather then just walk away. Snake then asks Wheels if he called Heather, and Wheels says that he did not. Erica tells Heather that there are plenty of fish in the sea, and Heather says that she knows, you know, but it's just too bad. Because she and Wheels used to be friends, and now they're not. And we get the credits. Oh, man. Wheels. Seriously, that that, that dude. I'm not Wheels, the, the, the old friend of mine. Uh, I'm gonna see how long I see how long I can go without masturbating. <laughs> what a dumbass! <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, that was episode seven of Degrassi High season one. Now it's time for episode eight of Degrassi High season one, entitled "Little White Lies." Air date December nineteenth, nineteen eighty nine. We start with Diana. She's in her bedroom. She lights up a cigarette. She takes a drag, and she exhales the smoke out of the window. Suddenly, her brother knocks on the door and tells her that she's going to be late for Greek school. And Diana tells him that she's finishing getting changed as she tries to fan the smoke out of her window using a notebook. Uh, Diana then heads downstairs, and her brother, George, that's his, yeah, his name is George, asks her you know, if he smelled smoke earlier. Diana tells him that you know, outside, someone must have been burning stuff. And she heads off to school as her brother watches her suspiciously. And we get the intro. And I, and I don't remember seeing this Diana character anywhere in Degrassi Junior High. And now in Degrassi High Season 1, they, they've suddenly given her pretty much her own episode. When, well, people like Nancy, for example, has been on the in the universe since at least Degrassi Junior High Episode 1. She was there in Episode 1. I don't know if she was in Kids of Degrassi Street. But, yeah, Nancy's never been given any 
dedicated episode. She's been a side character here and there. Not that I'm complaining, because I've never really liked, liked Nancy. She's, like, nosy, and she's, like, she's... I don't like her. Remember, remember when she walked up to one to Heather and... Is it true that Erica had an abortion? Can it, yeah, shut up. It's none of your business. Go learn to drive. We'll get there. Anyway. We go to class. Mr. Wallfish is talking about The Outsiders... As the class is reading the book, The Outsiders, he talks about the author who was only 16 when she wrote the book. That's right. The author of The Outsiders is a female. Forget her name uh, because I've only seen the movie. And uh, the author was only 16 when she, when she wrote it. And so she had to use a fake name in order to get it published because the publishers felt that people wouldn't take a book about boys seriously if they knew that it was written by a girl. It's a great movie, by the way, Pony Boy. Great movie. As for the book, I'm, I'm, I'm a movie guy. I've read a book here and there, but I, I'm a movie guy. I need to see things because uh, reading will make me tired sometimes, especially when the authors just go on and on and on and on and on. Like, like what's the name? Tolkien, Lord of the Rings guy. I remember I tried to read Fellowship of the Ring, and that dude. It seemed like he spent ten pages trying to describe what a forest looked like. It was like, come on, man, just just give me the movie. Just jump on an eagle and drop the ring into the friggin' volcano. Come on, man. Anyway, class is ended. Diana tells Melanie and Kathleen that it's a great book. And she wishes her life were like that. And Kathleen points out that the book is filled with just murder and crimes and murder and crimes. And Melanie says to tells Kathleen that Diana's gonna she's gonna that Diana's gonna be able to go to Melanie's party. Kathleen asks Diana if his brother's going to let her go. And Diana says that, hey, she told him that she's going to be sleeping over at her cousin's house. Because the two of them cover for each other all the time. Melanie asks, what's, go- you know, what's wrong with going to a party on a Friday? And Diana says that her brother feels that it's his duty to protect her. And Melanie is extra excited because her party is the first party at her house with boys. And her mom has agreed to stay away until 11. They part ways as Kathleen heads to lunch and Melanie and Diana head to the resource center with hot Ms. Avery to do some work. We go to the quad where Joey tells Wheels and Snake that their video is going to be on television. And it's going to be on a community cable station. And it'll be airing on Monday at 8.30 at night. Snake tells Joey that nobody watches community cable, which is pretty true. Back in the day it was known as Channel 10. And uh, yeah, it was when it, when I say community cable, it was uh, whatever town that the the net the station was located in. It was basically aired stuff of events that took place in that town. So if 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 it was located in a boring town, uh, it would air boring stuff. So anyway, Snake tells Joey that nobody watches community cable, and Joey replies, "Sure they do. What else? What else is there to watch Mondays at eight <laughs> thirty? Which is a great joke." <laughs> because that was obviously it was put in there to just yeah get that awesome haha from the audience as Mondays at 8.30 is when Degrassi High aired back in the day uh, and when Joey tells him that Wheels Snake just, just he's just like yeah that's right what else is there to watch I love it <laughs> Joey wants to celebrate Wheels and Snake suggest going to a movie getting some pizza Joey says that those are boring ideas he goes into his pocket and he takes out a flyer for a strip club and he says that it's half price cover charge of five dollars, and on the on the flyer there's the drawing of the of a woman, and the 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 picture the drawing of the woman, 
was from a well-known porn store ad in the sports section of the Toronto Sun at the time. Don't ask me how I know. Well, I know because I read the sports section. And near the end of the sports section was where they used to advertise all the strip clubs, all the adult educational magazine and video stores. And and one of the ads featured this exact drawing of this woman in this flyer. So, yeah, memories, yeah. Adult education, love it. <laughs> ah. Snake and Wheels tell Joey that they won't be able to get in, but he tells them, yeah, that don't not to worry as he has fake IDs for all of them, and they're going to get in. And Joey tells them to think about it. Naked women. Totally naked. And Wheels replies, yeah. <laughs> and it looks like he cut another inch off his mullet since the last episode, Wheels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Snake says that he can't go tonight because his grandparents are visiting. So Joey suggests tomorrow night, and they all agree. We go back to the library. Diana and Melanie are stamping books. And Diana tells Melanie that she thinks Yick is a hunk. And he's definitely cool. And he's a rebel. Like Pony Boy, or Soda Pop, or Patrick Swayze from The Outsiders. Melanie tells Diana that she's obsessed with the book. That's when Luke comes in, and he walks by the desk where Melanie and Maya are doing their work. And Melanie says hi to Luke, and Luke half-assedly replies, Oh, hi. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Since when did Melanie start crushing on Luke anyway? I mean, she spent, like, damn near all of Degrassi Junior High fawning all over Snake, and vice versa. And they even went to the graduation dance together in the finale of Degrassi Junior High. And then all of a sudden, a few months later, during the summer holidays, they're at the new school and, and it's just completely forgotten. I, I wish they continued with them. I like this, the Snake and Melanie dynamic. Oh, come on, man. Anyway, Melanie tells Diana that Luke probably thinks they're nerds for working in the library. Diana says that at least they get paid. And Melanie replies, great, we're professional nerds. <laughs> oh, man. Diana wonders if Luke and Yick is, are going to go to Melanie's party. And Melanie tells her that she's invited the whole class. Luke and Yick then, uh, they walk past them on their way out. And Diana asks them where they're going. And Yick tells them that they're headed outside to go for a smoke. Diana says that she can go for a smoke. Which surprises Luke and uh, Yick is, and they agree to let her go. Outside in the secret smoking section we see Dwayne lighting a cigarette for Nick. And they start puffing together. Luke tells Diana that he thought Brainers didn't smoke. Diana laughs him off and she says that she smoked all summer. She then bums a cigarette from Luke claiming that she left her pack in her locker. Diana then brings up an assignment that they were all given in science. Yick says that, you know, that it was hard and he asks Diana if she started hers yet. And she replies that she's finished hers last week, which gets an eye roll from Yick and Luke. And Diana then says that her brother made her finish it. And that she usually leaves things until the last minute. Come on. She then asks if they heard about Melanie's party. And Luke replies, yeah, so? <laughs> and that's when hot Ms. Avery shows up at the door. She sees them smoking on school property. And she's not happy about it. And she's very disappointed. And she makes them put out the cigarettes and takes them to see the vice principal. Otherwise known as Radich, Rockin' Radich, etc. Later when classes end, Diana tells Melanie that hot Ms. Avery said that she was especially disappointed in Diana. 
to find her smoking outside because she's a top student. Dinah said that she hates being a top student as everybody expects her to be perfect. She tells Melanie that the school is going to call her house, but she's not worried about it because her brother's working days and he won't be home and her mother doesn't speak English. Elsewhere in the hallways, Joey reads the strip club flyer, which has a list of 10 dancers, including Candy Cupcakes, who was Miss Nude Sherbrooke, 1988. <laughs> Miss Nude Sherbrooke. Sherbrooke is a is an actual town or city in Ontario. Miss Nude Sherbrooke. Come on. <laughs> and Wheels, he, upon hearing this, Wheels goes, Woohoo! Oh, idiot. <laughs> Meanwhile, Diana arrives home and her brother George is there. And he asks her, How could she smoke? As it's bad for her. And he tells Diana that his shifts were switched to evenings this week and that she's grounded until Monday. Diana then reminds him that she's supposed to be spending the night at her cousin's house, Irene's house. And George says that, he, you know, hey, that was before she got in trouble. Now you're in trouble. So, you go into the trouble zone. <laughs> and that she'll just have to cancel the going to her cousin's place. And then Diana pleads with her brother. She tells him that she'll never smoke again. And he says, that's good. But it doesn't change anything and she's still grounded. Diana runs upstairs to her room. She calls Melanie. And she tells Melanie that her brother found out about the smoking, and now she's grounded. And she blames her brother for the situation, saying that you know, something finally excited happening in her life. And her brother goes and ground her, grounds her. I mean, a sibling grounding a sibling it seems crazy to me. But I guess if the one sibling is enough years older, but it still seems weird. Like I, if I mean I have a brother, if he was like ten years older than me and tried to ground me, I probably would have laughed my ass off at him. Anyway, Melanie suggests to Diane to try just talking to her brother. Diane said that he won't listen, and that's when she notices the outsider book sitting on her bed, and she gets confident and she tells Melanie that it doesn't matter, she's gonna go to the party anyway. School ends the next day as Joey, Wheels, and Snake are talking about going to the strip club in that evening. Wheels asks if the dancer really take everything off. And Joey says that he thinks so. <laughs> and they agree to get some fries before heading to the strip club. And me personally, I've only been to a strip club once in my life. And it was a, it was a strip club up in Newmarket, Ontario. And I wasn't impressed at all. Uh, I, I don't know. It, I wasn't. Maybe... Maybe Toronto strip clubs would have had a better assortment of, of performers. But the one I went to, which is closed down now, it, I don't even think that strip club lookers lasted a year, but it then went on to become a church, and it's still a church to this day as far as I know. But I went there one time. Yeah, I don't know, all right. It, it, then again, it was on a weeknight, so it was as if uh, uh, it was the uh, uh, like the third string were performing that night or something. <laughs> the backup players. But yeah, that was my one and only time at one of those places. They're awkward anyway. I, it was weird also there being there sitting there with a bunch of other dudes sitting there just, just watching that. It was, I, I, yeah, well, all right. Anyway, elsewhere, Diana tells Melanie that her brother won't be home until midnight and that she's going to tell her mother that she's tired and she's going to go to bed early and she doesn't want to be disturbed and she'll make her, she's going to make her bed up to look like she's in there sleeping. You know, the old Ferris Bueller trick. And that's when she's going to sneak out. Melanie tells Diana that she won't get away with it. And Diana says, Diana's sure that everything's going to be okay. And she says that it's worth getting in trouble anyway in order to be with Yick. 
who hasn't even been confirmed is going to be there. But all right. Diana arrives at home as her brother is about to leave for work. And she tells him that he's that she's really tired. And her brother tells her to get some sleep. And he'll see her in the morning. She then talks to her mother in Greek. Most likely telling her mother that she's tired. And she's going to go to bed early. Early and she heads upstairs. Later that night. The Zit Remedy arrive at the strip club. And they're very excited. Joey gives them the fake IDs. And Snake notices that both his ID and Joey's ID... <laughs> Say Joey Jeremiah on it <laughs> And Joey tells Snake to just Flash the ID quickly Which it doesn't work that way obviously These, these security people They freaking scan the IDs But uh, suspension of disbelief I guess and Snake says that he doesn't want to get in trouble As they always get in trouble They go in anyway And when they're in there They watch a, they watch a woman Probably a performer walk up a flight of stairs they show the bouncer their ID, which have no photos on them. And the, the bouncer sees Joey's ID only. <laughs> and he accepts it. <laughs> and Joey, he, the bouncer wants his money now. Joey gives the bouncer $15 as the uh, cover charge. But the bouncer tells him that it's not enough. Joey then grabs a flyer and he says, that, Hey man, it's half price. But the bouncer says that that's only during the week. But on the weekend, it's $10, which makes sense because weekends would be their busiest time, so why not charge more? Joey rejoins Snake and Wheels, and he asks them how much money they each have. Wheels has just over $12 as Snake is busy looking through the entrance door of the dancers. <laughs> Joey snaps him out of it, and Snake sees that he has $8, which altogether totals $30. But Joey reminds them that they're going to have to buy drinks as well while they're in there. You know, that's, that's, that's how they get you, man. And uh, so that leaves only enough for the t for two of them with drinks. Joey says that since the strip club was his idea, he should get to go in. Snake and Wheels are not cool with this. As another performer walks by and Snake ogles her. Joey again snaps Snake out of it. <laughs> and they all put their money into Joey's hat. And they do the odd man out thing with their fists. So you know, one, two, three. And then you either flash one finger or two fingers. And whoever is the odd man out, if there is one, that person loses. So they play odd man out, and Joey loses. And he wants to do a best two out of three. Snake and Wheels agree. They do another odd man out, and Joey loses again. He wants to do a best three out of five, but Snake and Wheels say, you know, too bad. They head on in as Joey leaves, just to wait outside. We go to Diana's place, and she's sneaking downstairs past her mother, who's in the kitchen with her back turned. We then go to Melanie's place where the party's going on. We see Arthur in his hair talking to Melanie and Tessa's dancing with a boy who's unnamed, who's a nobody character. We see Trisha's there, who had a, a few bit parts at best back in Degrassi Junior High. Alex is there playing DJ. Kathleen and Meyer are also there, as are a bunch of other unknown characters. Diana arrives with a bottle of booze. Saying that she felt just like the outsiders. <laughs> and she asks if Yick is there yet, but he's not. And as Melanie hopes that both Yick and Luke are going to show up. And the, the, this, this booze that Diana brought with her is like Uzo. O-U-Z-O. And she tells, uh, she tells everybody, or Melanie, that her mother and George don't drink. So they're not going to miss it anyway. Melanie and Diana then approach Arthur and his hair, and they ask Arthur if Yick is going to be there. Arthur says no, because Yick and Luke, 
they just wanted to play video games tonight. <laughs> oh, poor Melanie. She deserves everybody at that party. She's so friggin' cool. But what you gonna do? Anyway, Arthur then asks Diana if he can get her a pop. <laughs> and it's so weird hearing that on TV. Even though it's what I've and family, everybody here in Canada seems to call soda. Cans of Coke, cans of Pepsi, cans of 7 up. We say pop. Hey, do you want a pop? Yeah, I'll have a pop. It's normal, but hearing it, hearing people say it on TV just sounds so weird. It was, I remember back in one of the early Degrassi buddies in Degrassi Junior High with Rick. Man, it's amazing how many, like how those Rick and Stephanie, they're now distant memories. But Rick, the episode where it was revealed that his dad beats him and Rick offers Joey a pop. It's just weird. Yeah, do you want a pop? Arthur and his hair, man. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, Melanie and Diane are upset upon hearing that Luke and Yick would rather play video games than go to Melanie's party. So they sit down on the couch. Melanie grabs the bottle of booze. We go back to the strip club. Snake and Wheels are inside drinking Cokes. Uh, which, uh, not directly from the bottles, but they, I remember these little fat bottles. They, they were suddenly introduced to the world out of the blue. And then they were suddenly no longer a thing. But those little fat, like little, I guess the best way to describe them would be like penguins. Little penguin bottles. But yeah. And they're sitting in there waiting for the show to start. Sitting there with their pops. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joey's outside and he's waiting. And he wanders around to the side of the strip club building. And he takes the flyer and he throws it in the trash. And he continues to wait. As there are two women leaning on the wall. One of them noticed Joey, and they approach him. Hi there. Hi. Waiting for someone? No. I know where there's a great party. Uh, no, thank you. Don't you like to party? Yeah, I like to party, but you know. We could party together. You and me. Um. Uh. Come on. Um. Look, I I've gotta go. I I've got homework. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Oh, so I, oh, he's got homework. <laughs> uh, Joey quickly leaves, walking past other hookers, has one of them whistle at him. Ah, <laughs> oh, Joey. We go back into the strip club, and it's finally time for the show to start, and it's finally time for Candy Cupcakes to start to, to do her number. She comes out on the stage, she's got a whip with her. She gives a little wave as Snake jokes to Wheels that he's, she's waving at him. And that's when a waitress shows up behind Snake and Wheels. And she asks them if they want another round of pop. <laughs> and they say no. And she tells them that when they, you know, that they have to be drinking if they want to watch the show. You know, they have to keep drinking. That's how they make their money. And they tell her that they can't afford anymore. As they were charged $8 for the pop. <laughs> they don't say pop, but they say coke. But, ah, oh, pop. <laughs> That's when the, the that's when the waitress signals for the bouncer who comes over 
and he kicks Wheels and Snake out. And I noticed that the that the waitress, she looks like Wheels' grandmother for real. Like it could be not not exactly like his grandmother, but enough that it could be like they could be sisters. Like how awkward would that be, man? Wheels at a strip club with his grandmother working there, <laughs> surfing pop. <laughs> oh, anyway, we go back to the party. People are slow dancing. And an unnamed boy who's dancing with Tessa gives a thumbs up to one of his friends. Because that's what boys do, I guess. Dinah's sitting there smoking and drinking some of the booze out of the bottle with Melanie. They offer some, uh, some of the booze to Arthur and his hair. Arthur sniffs it and he asks him how he can drink that stuff. And Diana says that it's good when you get used to it, which is funny. Because hardly any of the booze was gone from the bottle. It was like... Probably half a cup was gone. You could easily tell. Diana says that it's unfair, you know, about how about her about her brother. And Arthur asks Arthur asks Diana about her mother. And Diana says that her mother that when her dad died twelve years ago, her brother became the man of the house. And she tells she tells Arthur that her mom is is the boss, but her brother is too. And then the doorbell rings. Diana then asks Arthur about his background. And he says that he's Polish. And Diana asks Arthur if he has to go to Polish school. And Arthur says no. And she tells Diana and Arthur's hair that, you know, at least Arthur and his hair get to be normal. <laughs> Alex then comes over and joins them. And he tells Diana that somebody's there to see her. And it's her brother. And he tells Diana that their mother called him in hysterics. And he looks at Melanie and he blames her. For making Diana go to this party. But Diana says that it was that she did it all on her own. And that she did what she wanted to do. And she did it because he never lets her do anything. And he always says no. And now he's embarrassed her in front of her friends. And she hates him. And she runs out of the house as Tessa looks at George in disappointment. And Alex then suggests that uh, Melanie needs a coffee. And she agrees as she takes another sip of the booze. We go back home. Diana's brother brings her some water. He tells her that uh, she'll thank him for it later. But she won't take it from him. But water is probably the best thing you can drink after drinking some drinking a lot of alcohol. Because they say that the body's made up of mostly water. So why not replenish it with what the body's made up of anyway? So it makes sense, right? I hear a lot of people say Gatorade. Well, why not just water, man? Yeah. Put the water back in your body. Anyway, uh, brother tells Diana that he's sorry that he embarrassed her, but she shouldn't have done what she did. The stealing of the alcohol, the smoking, and the drinking, and lying to him. And he says that if she wants to change, if she wants things to change, then she has to change. And she tells him that it's not that, uh, she tells him that it's not her fault. He says that if she wants him to, he says that if she wants to be treated like an adult, she should act like one. And he says that she needs to talk to him. But Diana tells him that, you know, that he never listens to her. And he makes her stay home. He makes her go to Greek school. And he, and uh, brother says that that's their background. But Diana says that she doesn't care about her background. She only cares about now and not her background. And she, that uh, George has to make her let her own mistakes. Yeah, that's true. To an extent. You just don't. Don't go to a meth party. Just saying. Anyway, we go back to school. Alex and Tessa are riding bikes together. Meanwhile, the zits are arriving. 
It was awesome. Oh, definitely. Joey, she was so beautiful. And afterwards, she came and danced on our table for us. She danced on your table? It was so hot. Oh, oh Joey. It's a real pity you weren't there. Yeah. Oh, but you guys missed out, too. Right after I left, this incredible-looking chick tried to pick me up. Right, Joey. It's true. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that that <laughs> that's just great, man. Uh, uh, Joey's t- actually telling the truth while while his wheels and snake are lying, dude. <laughs> oh, love it. Anyway, elsewhere, Melanie asked Diana how her brother found out where she was, and Diana says that he f- that uh, her cousin was forced to tell him, and now she's grounded for a month. Melanie says that her mother could tell she was drunk, and she's now grounded as well. But thanks to Diana's brother making a scene, Melanie's party's famous. <laughs> Oh, look at her. She's awesome, man. Looking on the bright side. Diana then says that that she and George had a talk. And he's agreed to give her more freedom if she's going to quit smoking and go to Greek school. Melanie then asks Diana if she'll really be able to quit smoking. Diana shrugs. And we get the credits. Which was a weird ending to me. That it ended on that. I mean, even though smoking sicks me out big time. Especially when when like uh, I go to work early in the mornings and I take public transit and sometimes there'll be somebody out there waiting and they light up a cigarette at like five thirty in the morning. Like I don't, I don't get that. First of all, smoking at all, but smoking on your way to work, so you're gonna be there it's reeking all day. Bloody hell! But come on, the main issue wasn't just the smoking; it was everything. It was it was it was the lying, it was the boozing and the stealing. And not and and not accepting pop from boys, so come on, man. That was just a weird way to end it. Can you really? Do you really think you're going to be able to stop smoking? Credits. Oh, come on, man. Anyway, but at least it was awesome. And we move on to Grassy Junior, Grassy High, season one, episodes nine and ten. It's the two-parter, entitled uh, sixteen parts one and part two. Air date. They both end aired back to back on the same night, January 9th. 1990. This was the first episode of Degrassi High, I believe, of the 90s. So they so they skipped two weeks, or they skipped a week. They didn't do one on January 2nd. I guess they were doing, I guess CBC, which aired the show, was doing New Year's stuff, more New Year's stuff. Yeah. We start with Michelle at how at her house, and she's opening up a present, a birthday present from her father, and it's a ring, and he tells Michelle that it would belong to her grandmother. And her grandmother wanted Michelle to have it when she would, when she grew up. And her dad says that now that she's 16, he thought it was time for her to have it. And he tells Michelle that the ring is very valuable. So to be careful with it. He then heads out for work. But before he leaves, Michelle asks if he'll change his mind about letting her go out with her friends that night. And he sternly tells her that the rules are that she cannot socialize on weeknights. Despite her arguing that she's 16 now. And then we get the intro. After the intro, Michelle is walking to school where she is wished happy birthday by Nancy, Tim, and Maya. Elsewhere, Patrick catches up with Lick and S- Lick, Liz and Spike, and he calls them a lovely pair of ladies. He then calls Spike his musical muse and asks her how she is, and he says that he wrote a song for her which surprises Spike. We go into the school, Alex and Dumb Simon, I'm oh, sorry, Alexa and Dumb Simon, are decorating Michelle's locker for her birthday. They quickly hide around a corner before she gets there. 
And upon getting there and seeing the decorations, Alexa and dumb Simon jump out and they wish her a happy birthday. Alexa asks how it feels to be 16 and Michelle says she doesn't feel any different. Alexa then says that her birth, her 16th birthday is in four weeks and she's going to have the biggest party. Michelle opens Alexa's gift and it's a scarf. Uh, I think it's a scarf. It's, it's a female thing. I'm sure it's a scarf. It's a piece of, it's a piece of cloth. So it's either a scarf or, or, a, or a hand towel of some sort. Some sort. I don't know. I'm a dude. I'm, I'm, I'm a total guy. What do I know? Michelle then shows them the watch that her mother sent her. And she shows them her grandmother's ring that her father gave her. And she said that she's loved the ring since she was a little kid. And then she tells them that it's so typical that her dad gave her the ring because she's grown up. But he still won't let her go out with her friends because she's too young. And she's really, really mad. Elsewhere, Joey and Snake sign up for the school's driving course and they're excited about it. Wheels is with them, but he doesn't sign up because he doesn't turn 16 for another month, so he can't. Ha ha! Wheels. Outside in the quad, Patrick sings the song that he wrote for Spike, which is awful. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. In my opinion, deal with it. Liz is digging the song because she's got no musical taste. As Spike is sitting there smiling and listening, the song ends with the lyrics, which, with the lyrics, I love you. And Liz cheers it on because she's deaf <laughs> and she applauds. Patrick asks Spike if she liked the song and she says that she did. But Patrick doesn't seem convinced and she assures him again that she liked it. Patrick then says that he has to get to class as Spike reminds Liz or remarks to Liz that the song was good but it was really intense. But Liz is in awe of Spike and she says that it must be so great having a song written for you. But Spike just replies with, yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, come on, man. She heard the song. She was right there. <laughs> Inside the resource center, BLT gives, gives I was going to say snake, gives Michelle a necklace. He's wearing his t-shirt. He's wearing a, his sweater, a blue sweater that has BLT and red ironed on it. Which uh, I'm not complaining about. I have, I have a shirt that has a, a picture of me on it and my nickname, Nairby, underneath. And I wore it in public one day. I did. Yeah. Because BLT and I, we, we know what's cool and what's not. Anyway, Michelle calls Alexis over and shows uh, Alexa the uh, the necklace that she just got from BLT. Alexa and dumb Simon then sit down. Michelle tells them that she wants to go out with them tonight. But her dad still says no. And BLT asks Michelle if it's because of him. Simon then says it would be better if Michelle could be with her mother, live with her mother, but Michelle says that that would mean moving to Calgary, and she doesn't like her mother's boyfriend anyway. Alexa then says that uh, Michelle should uh, move out on her own, and BLT points out that it's legal now because uh, Michelle's 16. That's when hot Ms. Avery comes over and asks them to be quiet. Michelle then whispers that it would be amazing if she could live on her own, as BLT and dumb Simon remark, party! <laughs> oh, these kids. <laughs> Later on, classes end and the twins ask Lucy to come to the mall with them. But Lucy says that she's going to go to the hospital to visit LD. The twins say that they'll go with her, but Lucy says no. And that LD doesn't want a lot of people to visit. The twins then, well, they want to know, why not? Why is it always Lucy going? And Lucy tells the twins that LD doesn't want a lot of people to see her in the hospital. 
Elsewhere, Patrick comes, he catches up with Spike and Liz, and he puts his arm around Spike, asking her if she wants to go for pizza. Spike uh, subtly removes his arm and says that she cannot go because she's got homework to do. And Patrick is upset because tonight is the only night he doesn't have band practice. Spike says she, Spike says that she cannot build her life around Patrick's schedule. And she leaves. Thank God before he started singing again. <laughs> Joey and Snake arrive for their driving. I'm sure there's people listening to this who love that song. You know, lovely. You have no musical taste either. Joey and Snake arrive for their driving course. And Joey tells Snake that he's never going to pass, meaning Snake. While Joey's not going to have a problem at all because his dad let him steer when he was, since he was 12. He let him steer. <laughs> it turns up, turns out that Nancy's also taking the course and she greets them. And uh, this episode is probably the one episode where Nancy got the most screen time and the most lines. Or maybe not. Maybe it was the episode where Caitlin wrote the uh, the thing about Spike. Or, But yeah, it's one, very rare where Nancy got to a decent amount of lines. Not that I'm complaining because she was nosy. Anyway, the driving instructor arrives and he tells the class that they don't know everything about driving. And he asks them, what's the first thing they need to do when they want to drive? And Joey says, start the engine. And he laughs. The instructor tells Joey that he's wrong. And that's when Nancy chimes in. And she says that, that you should check the car first. Make sure that the tires are all good. The instructor tells her that she's right. As that is what is called the circle check. And he says that driving isn't a right, it's a privilege. And I've, I've only known one person who regularly does this circle check. I mean, they do, they check the tires and under the car every time. This is an old friend of mine who we would go places a lot of times. And yeah, that's, yeah, every time. So yeah, people do do that, but that's the only one I've ever known to do it. Uh, we go to the hospital. Lucy's there. She arrives. She sees LD's putting on her wig to cover up that all of her hair and hair is now gone. LD tells Lucy that she's doing all right. Lucy says that everybody's asking about her, and they want to know. You know. Lucy wants to know what she's, what, what she, what should she tell about? You know, what should she tell them? LD says to just tell them whatever she wants. Lucy asks LD what's wrong, and LD gets a little angry and tells Lucy that she's got leukemia and she's lost all of her hair. But other than that, everything is just peachy keen. And she then tells Lucy that she's tired of being sick all the time, and she's going to be in the hospital for at least another month. And that means she's going to have her birthday, her 16th birthday there, which uh, yeah, upsets her greatly. Outside, Michelle and BLT, they're walking home from school. And Michelle tells BLT that it's not very exciting to spend her birthday with her dad. BLT, BLT then says that she doesn't have to listen to her dad anymore. You know, she's 16 after all. And she's just telling me that she's going out. Meanwhile, from inside the house, Michelle's dad is looking on. And he sees Michelle talking to BLT and he sees them kiss. And they part ways and Michelle go, enters the house. And her father tells her that he wants to have a talk with her. Well, no, Michelle tells him that she wants to have a talk with him. And her dad tells her that he saw her with that boy. Michelle said, asks if he was spying. And her dad says that, you know... It wasn't necessary to spy since they were out kissing in front of the whole street. Michelle then says that he's the only one who seems to mind. And her dad says that he, that he won't be disobeyed. 
and she needs to find another friend. Michelle says that if he means some, like, what do you mean, someone who's white? And her dad tells her that she thinks she knows everything, but she doesn't. She then calls her dad a racist, and he, and then he, he then grounds her, and then she needs to follow his rules. And Michelle says no. And he tells her that if she doesn't like it, she can just leave. Michelle quickly heads up to the upstairs and says that that's exactly what she's going to do as her father tells her to not be ridiculous but Michelle runs to her room and she starts to pack and later on she shows up at Alexa's house and tells her that she had a big fight with her dad and she left home the next day at school Liz and Spike are walking together Patrick notices them and calls out to Spike from a distance and uh, they turn around and upon seeing Patrick Liz does a big smile and she says hi to Patrick as, she's, as Spike grabs Liz by the arm and drags her away. Spike tells Liz that she doesn't want to talk to him. Liz wants to know what's wrong and Spike tells Liz to mind her own business. And Liz tells Spike that they all thought we were friends. And Spike then admits to Liz that she really likes Patrick. But she's afraid that she might like him too much. And that things are just too perfect. And, you know, and what's going to happen when he leaves? And Liz insists that Patrick's not going to leave. But Spike then says that, you know, hey, she's, uh, she says that, she's, hey, I'm short, she's a mother, and none of those things make her attractive at all. Elsewhere in the hallway, Lucy sees Heather and Erica. They ask once again about LD. Lucy at first doesn't say much, but then she finally tells them that LD's got cancer and she's really depressed, especially because she has to spend her birthday in the hospital. And then Lucy says that she's been thinking about making a video for LD to cheer her up. And she asks Heather and Erica if they want to help, and they agree. And they casually ask Lucy if uh, LD's going to make it. And LD, sorry, and Lucy informs them that uh, she's got a 70% chance of survival. We go to the library where BLT says that he would have loved to have seen Michelle's dad's face when she left the house. Dumb Simon then asks, Didn't he, like, try to stop you? <laughs> oh, what a. Oh, dummy. <laughs> Alexa then says that Michelle can stay at her place for as long as she wants. Michelle thanks her and she tells them that she needs to find her own place to live anyway eventually. Alexa, Simon, and BLT are surprised at this new Michelle. And Michelle says that she's going to start looking for an apartment after school. And they all agree to help her out. After school, the four of them go out and they look, for, they look at various apartments. Michelle likes the first one as it has a skylight in the kitchen. She asks how much it is, which should be in the ad, right? <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I've never seen very many uh, room or apartments to rent things that don't have a price. Well, why would... Because people will show up asking dumb questions like, can I pay like a couple bucks a month? Come on. Anyway, the landlord tells Michelle that it's $800 a month and he's going to need first and last month rent. And they immediately leave, and they discuss how expensive apartments are. Eight hundred bucks in nineteen ninety. That's uh, that's yeah. There's no way a sixteen-year-old high school student's gonna afford that, man. Uh, Michelle then calls another place, and the woman only speaks Greek, so Alexa says that she'll help with the translations. They check then a few more places, one of which is in a small building with no elevator, and they have to walk up a bunch of flights of stairs outside. Meanwhile, in the student driving course car, Snake, 
with Joey and Nancy in the back seat and the instructor in the in the passenger seat. He's about to start the car when the instructor stops him. And he has Snake che- he has Snake check the mirrors first. Snake then starts the car and he quickly lunges forward then stops quickly. <laughs> he then lunges forward again and stops again. <laughs> and the instructor tells Archie to relax. And Archie tries again, but he's still just lunging and stopping real quick. And suddenly he's going too fast. And he's hitting all the stop signs along the course, or all the signs in general along the course, as well as some pylons, some cardboard cutouts of pedestrians, including a child holding their mother's hand. And he's got, meanwhile, Snake's got the, the funniest friggin' look of fear on his face. As it's as if the brakes aren't working. And they're going to crash into oblivion or something. <laughs> and meanwhile in the back seat, Joey and Nancy are screaming and laughing. And the instructor is shouting at Archie to slow down. Snake finally stops after knocking over pretty much everything. <laughs> Elsewhere, Michelle and company arrive to look at another place. A woman agrees, or a woman ag- answers and greets them. But when she sees BLT, she immediately tells Michelle that the place is no longer available and shuts the door. BLT wants to knock on the door and talk to the woman, but Michelle tells him that it's not worth it and they leave, you know, because BLT is black and the woman was a racist piece of garbage. Michelle calls another place and they arrange to see it. She reads the ad as they approach in this place. She says she thinks that it sounds good. It's one bedroom, shared kitchen and bathroom, so it's basically she's going to be renting a room. Michelle and Alexa go to look check the place out as BLT says that he'll wait outside and dumb Simon agrees to wait outside with him. Michelle is shown the room that, sh- that would be hers, and she's impressed by it. The woman says that the room is available immediately and that the rent is $250 a month plus utilities, and she would need first and last month's rent. Michelle asks if she can get back to the woman, and the woman agrees, but she tells Michelle to not take too long as there are other people who are interested, which is the classic salesperson line, whether it's a... Uh, Somebody renting out an apartment or a, or a room or somebody selling a car. You know, you tell them that, uh, can I come back later? They'll always tell you, well, better hurry. I had another couple people who were interested in this. You know, classic. Anyway, they leave. Michelle says that the room is perfect and she really wants it. Alexa then says that she's going to need $500. Like right now. And the woman's not going to hold it past today. Michelle says that she can sell some stuff. And dumb Simon says that she's going to have to sell a lot of stuff. That's when Michelle looks down at the ring that her dad gave her for her birthday. And she says, or something very valuable. Alexa doesn't think that Michelle should sell this ring, but Michelle says she's not going to let her father win this time. We go back to school where Joey is telling Wheels and Snake, or he's telling Wheels about Snake's driving and making fun of him. Meanwhile, Patrick calls out to Spike. Upon hearing this, Spike starts to run because he's probably going to sing again. <laughs> but Liz uh, tells Spike to talk to him. And Spike agrees. Patrick tells Spike that they have to have a talk. We'll see if Spike didn't agree yet. Spike replies after Patrick wants to talk. Spike replies that she's too busy. But Liz holds on to Spike via the arm and tells you know keeps her from leaving. Liz leaves and Spike sits with Patrick. And he tells uh, Spike... That she can't close herself off the rest of her life. And that he's opened himself up to her. And that he'd be hurt if she decided that she didn't like him anymore. Uh, come on, dude. That's not cool to say. You're basically guilt tripping her. 
Spike is then shocked that Liz told uh, Patrick that, you know, that Spike likes him. And Patrick tells Spike that uh, she has to take a chance. And that's being, that's what's called being alive. And she should enjoy herself and let whatever happens happen. He tells her that it's fine if she wants to be afraid. But he thinks that would be being bloody foolish. She tells him that that was quite a speech. And Patrick had said, then admits that he was up all half the night writing it. And Spike kisses him on the cheek. We then go to Michelle's new place. BLT and BLT dumb Simon and BLT's dad are helping her move in. Michelle and Alexa are in the room going through clothes and hanging clothes. And talking about clothes properly or probably. And talking about sharing clothes and you know, you know females and clothes. Michelle then tells Alexa that her dad was really mad when he found out that she was that she'd sold the ring or pawned it. But she says that she doesn't care as it was her ring anyway. And she can still buy it back because the pawn shop has to hold on to it for a year. And once she once she gets a job, she's going to have some money. Simon and BLT bring in the mattress and they say that that's all the heavy stuff. Dumb Simon then says, "I wish I could stay, but I've got like an audition." <laughs> <laughs> oh, they they intentionally gave this dude lines to make him come off as dumb as hell. Oh, I wish I could stay, but I've got like an audition. <laughs> and Alexa leaves with him, or she Alexa like leaves with him. And from outside, BLT's dad honks his car horn, says that it's time to go. BLT says that he's got to leave. He hugs Michelle. He tells Michelle that she did it, and Michelle is excited, and they hug. BLT starts to leave and he asks Michelle if she's going to be okay and she says yes and she wants to be alone anyway. And once BLT leaves, Michelle stands in her new place. She looks around. She then throws up her arms in the air and she twirls and she's going to make it after all. <laughs> and that's when we get the credits. Yeah. I remember when I moved out, 22 years old. Halloween night, 1997, is when I moved out into a little basement apartment. Which, uh, the ceiling, I mean, I'm six foot one. The ceiling was probably, from ground to ceiling, was probably about six feet. And I lived there for 11 years. Yeah, well, hey, man. It was cheap. It was like less than 600 bucks a month. And, uh, plus it was in Newmarket. That place is expensive. So, yeah. But... Yeah, I remember that. Halloween night. My dad helped me move in. He left. First thing I did was I set up my TV and VCR and I watched the movie Halloween. And yeah, that was a tradition. That that's that's yeah, that's me moving out. Anyway. Part two of Sweet 16. Uh yeah, that episode. Which is episode ten, right? Or nine? Seven the episode it's episode something. Anyway, we it starts with the recap of part one and we get the intro. And after the intro, Michelle is applying for a job at Donut Express, which is based on the stores. It was obviously an actual place, but I'd never heard of it, and they're obviously no longer around. As uh, now, it's, uh, what's, what is it? It's Tim Hortons, as far as donuts go. And uh, I used to work at a donut shop back in the day called Baker's Dozen, but I don't even think they're around anymore. And actually, bake a donut shop... On every other weekend during while I was in my last year of high school, that was my first job ever. Yeah, working night shift. Got to eat whatever I wanted, and they made the donuts at night, like during the evening shift, so all the fresh donuts were ready when I arrived. 
and I became quite, quite, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's just say I had to put a few extra holes in my belt over time working there. <laughs> Anyways, Michelle's potential boss is iffy about hiring high school students as they've been very unimpressive in the past. And then we cut to Michelle and Alexa walking to school as Michelle has gotten the job. And she starts today, after school. She works on Saturdays and three other days a week, four to midnight. Alexa wonder how Michelle's going to do homework, and Michelle says that she'll do it on her breaks. Give me a break. Come on, man. <laughs> I've been there. Uh, I mean, at least during the night shift, hardly anybody ever showed up, so I was actually able to do homework on the night shift on a Friday night and Saturday night. I mean, bloody hell. One night I even studied for a law exam that entire night because hardly anybody showed up. You'd probably get on average maybe 10 customers on an 8 hour night shift back then at the old Baker's Dozen in Aurora. Anyway, yeah, Alexa is envious of Michelle having a job, but Michelle knows that it means not having as much free time anymore. They then bump into BLT who kisses Michelle and Alexa tells Michelle that she doesn't have to buy her a present since you know, a birthday present since she can't afford it and Michelle thanks her. Elsewhere, Lucy is beginning filming of the video for LD. Allison and Amy appear and they ask what's going on and Heather tells them that they're making a video for LD's birthday. Uh, Allison, or is it Amy? It's the leader of the two clowns. I think it's Allison. Yeah, Allison then asks if the rumors are true about LD having leukemia and Heather denies it. She says that the doctors don't know what the problem is. Filming then begins that the twins introduce Bronco, Scooter, an unnamed guy, and Kathleen, who perform a rap. Action. And now, for your personal viewing pleasure, the amazing, the incredible, MC Degrassi and the Desktops. Woo! Uh, hi, LD. Uh, we heard you're stuck in the hospital for your birthday, but we know you're going to get better. So me and my buddies, well, we sort of put together a little song for you. It goes a little something like this. Hit it! Know this girl and her name's LD. She's a nice little girl at the grassy. We heard that she was feeling kind of sick, so we wrote this little rhyme to see that the mood quit. So you turn 16, that's what we hear, and we wrote this rhyme to make you Can we be a part of this? You? Yeah. Can we do something? Sure, why not? Great. Thanks. Yo, Scooter B. What's the group? Fresh boots. That's all for now. This gig's been fun. We hope you're feeling better because the rap is done. We hope you get better, get better, get better. We hope you get better, get better today. Word. Uh, I'll tell you, man, Kathleen seemed seemed very comfortable doing the rap, to be quite honest, man. She's very good. Anyway, Amy and Allison ask if they can be in this video, and Heather Heather uh, agrees to it. Elsewhere, Joey and Snake talk about their last driving class where Joey had problems with parallel parking, but at least he didn't cause any damage, and Wheels tells them that it's not a competition. Joey says that the test is next week, and that if Snake gets his license, he's never going to drive again. And Snake replies that Joey's not going to pass anyway, and that at least he didn't run any, hit any cardboard people when he was driving. Or, you know, Snake did, are you kidding me? I must have written that down wrong. Come on, Snake, smarten up. Later on, Michelle is on her way to her first day on the job, 
with BLT who tells her that his mom will let her have uh, their have their old black and white TV and that Michelle is invited over for dinner on Saturday. BLT then says that his mom is worried that Michelle hasn't been eating a lot lately and Michelle says that she has that she's that she has been eating but not too much as she can't afford it. Well, I've been there. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of us has been there. I was there back you know when I first moved out in 1997 Halloween night. It, it, yeah, man, living off of uh, Mr. Noodle. Yeah, he, suddenly you have rent to pay. You have, if you want cable, you got cable to pay. You got phone bill to pay. If you want internet, which I didn't have until 2001, you got internet. So yeah, man, it's tough at first, kids. Ah, Michelle says that things will get better now that she has a job, and BLT says that now they can see each other all the time, without having to worry about Michelle's dad. BLT wishes Michelle luck on her first day, and they part ways. Later that night at home, Michelle is doing homework, and there's a knock on her door. She answers, and it's her dad. She invites him in, and he says that he dropped by earlier, but she wasn't home. She tells her dad that she was at work, which surprises him, and he asks why she wasn't at school. She tells him that the job is only part-time, and she needs the money as she has responsibilities now. Her dad looks around at her room and he says that it's cozy. Which is a parent parental for look at this shithole. <laughs> he asks Michelle how's you know how she's been and, she, and says that he wants the pawn, the pawn store ticket so he can get the ring back. Michelle refuses to give it to him as she wants to pay it off on her own. Her dad replies that the pawn shop only keeps things for a year and that's not going to be enough time for her to get the money. Michelle gets upset by her dad's lack of faith as her dad tells her to stop talking like an ass. Michelle then replies that she can talk any way she wants and that it's her house, not his. And her dad says that he doesn't want to lose uh, the ring as it's a family heirloom. He again demands the pawn, the pawn store ticket and Michelle gives it to him. He takes the ticket and he attempts to say a little more to Michelle but he says forget it and he leaves. The next day at school, filming for LD's video continues as the twins introduce uh, Amy and Allison who act like popular snobs as Clutch and another student are walking behind them. Amy and Allison talk about how they're invited to all the parties and all the cutest boys like them. And at the end of the video, Clutch and the other students smash pies in the faces of Allison and Amy who laugh and wish LD a happy birthday. So they may be freaking gossip queens, but at least they got a bit of a sense of humor. Elsewhere, BLT tells Alexa that he can't make it to her birthday on Friday because he doesn't get back from the soccer tournament until Sunday. And that's when they come across Michelle, who is fast asleep at a table. And they wake her up as classes are over. Alexa tells Michelle that BLT can't make it to her birthday party. And then Michelle tells Alexa that she can't make it either because of work. Alexa then gets upset as she's been planning her 16th birthday since she was 13. Which the Alexa character would totally do. And then again, I'm sure there's probably, a, there's probably a lot of girls who do that. They plan their 16th birthday a couple years in advance. I mean, me, when I turned 16, uh, it was just another birthday for me, but I'm a dude. Anyway, Alexa's upset because now two of her best friends aren't going to be there. She storms off. As Michelle realizes that she's, she, she's going to be late for work. And BLT is surprised by this as he thought that Michelle was going to 
be off, but a co-worker has the flu and Michelle was called in. BLT thinks Michelle's working too hard as she leaves as she's late every day. She falls asleep in class and she doesn't do her homework. Michelle tells BLT that he's starting to sound like her dad. And if she doesn't pay her rent, she's going to have to move back home. BLT says that they were supposed to see more of each other, not less. Michelle apologizes and she leaves for work. Back in the driving school car, Joey is at the wheel listening to the instructor explain parallel parking. Joey then attempts to parallel park as Snake and Nancy are in the back seat. Joey starts to back into the spot and almost runs over a group of onlooking students as the instructor tells Joey to stop the car, but he keeps going backwards and runs over a school sign. Later on, Michelle shifts, Michelle's shift is over and she heads home looking tired. At home, she's fast asleep as the phone rings. Uh, yeah, this is the, uh, the next morning, actually. Her housemate answers the phone, and, she, and it's for Michelle. She wakes Michelle up, and Michelle takes the call, and it's her boss calling to say that another co-worker has the flu, and they need Michelle to work the morning shift. Michelle says that she's got school today, as her boss asks her if she can do it just one time. And Michelle agrees. And uh, that's the problem with being a good worker, man. It's it's got uh, its benefits, but it's also got its its uh, non-benefits. As people eventually expect things of you, and God forbid you finally say no one time. <laughs> good God. Anyway, meanwhile at school, Joey and Snake discuss the driving course, and Joey says that he never read the handbook, but he looked at the pictures. Wheels wishes them luck on their driving tests, as Joey says he doesn't need luck. As Snake says that he needs divine intervention. <laughs> I mean, Joey needs divine intervention. Anyway, Alexa appears and she runs over to dumb Simon. And Simon's on the phone. Okay. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Bye -bye. Simon, terrible news. Joanne can't make it to my party either. She has to go to her cousin's house. Um, I've got some good news and some kind of bad news. Well, that was my agent. The good news is I got that commercial. Oh, Simon, that's wonderful. And the bad news? Um, they're like filming it uh, Friday evening. You're going to miss my party? I've been trying to get them to change it. You're going to miss my party? It's skipping peanut butter. It's a great opportunity. It might be early. Forget it. No one wants to come to my party? Fine. I'll cancel it. In fact, let's cancel my whole birthday. I'll be 15 for the rest of my life. Oh, poor Alexa. <laughs> oh, and I love it. Stay away from me, you actor. <laughs> oh, what a great character. Even dumb Simon. He's the, he's the perfect, he's the perfect uh, foil, or whatever you want to call it, to Alexa. They belong together. Spoiler alert. Yeah, we'll get there. Anywhere elsewhere, Lucy's filming more of LD's video. The twins introduce Tim, who does a magic trick with the lovely Bond as his lovely assistant. Tim's trick is making his hands go from one finger on each hand to two fingers on each hand. As Bond looks on in shock, they celebrate the success as that was the last bit of footage for the video. Alexa suddenly shows up and she runs out and she tells everybody that everybody's canceled on her party. That's when she suddenly notices that she's on camera and she starts to smile and pose. <laughs> uh, easily pleased. Well done.
Later during class, BLT is called to the office. And he starts to head down there. And he leaves the classroom. And outside of the class in the hall, he's greeted by scumbag Scott. And he gives they give each other a high five. And I can only assume that this scene was filmed before the scumbag Scott uh, episode where he beats on Kathleen. Otherwise, why would they include this? Why would they humanize that scum, that douchebag? So that's why I can only assume that they filmed that scene before uh, the uh, Nobody's Perfect episode. Though they could have edited it out, just saying. Anyway, BLT heads down to the office where he's greeted by Michelle's dad. And Michelle's dad tells BLT that the school called him and told him that Michelle has been having attendance problems. And she doesn't seem to be at school or at home today. And he asks BLT if he knows where Michelle is. And he would like to talk to her even though she doesn't listen to him very much anymore. BLT replies that Michelle's dad doesn't listen too well either. And, Mich- and dad tells BLT that he already lost his wife. And he doesn't want to lose his daughter. And he needs BLT's help. BLT ignores uh, Michelle's dad for a little bit. And Michelle's dad then starts to leave. BLT then thinks it over to in his head. And then he stops Michelle's dad and says that he'll help. He'll tell it. He'll tell uh, Michelle's dad where Michelle is, but only because he's worried about her as well. Later on the driving school course, Joey tells Snake that he's going to fail, meaning Snake, because of his performance on the course last week. As Snake replies that Joey didn't do too well either. Nancy then finishes her test as the instructor is now sporting a neck brace. <laughs> And he tells Joey that Joey's next. As Snake wishes Joey good luck. And Joey wishes Snake the same. Joey then gets into the car where there's a lady instructor or test giver. He compliments her on her perfume. Puts his arm on the seat. On the, like, not around her, but on the seat that she's sitting on. You know, that thing that guys will do. And he quickly drives off. And crashes into something off camera. <laughs> We then go to the hospital. Lucy, the twins, and Alexa arrive to surprise LD. They enter the room with balloons and horns, and they tell LD that they made a video for her, but LD, she, doesn't, she just doesn't seem interested. Lucy tells LD to be happy as it's the rule for birthdays. Alexa then brings out a cake that says, Happy Birthday, with Alexa crossed out and LD written underneath it. Alexa says that the cake was for her birthday tomorrow, but she canceled the party. And she and LD can share this one. Alexa and LD wish each other a happy Sweet 16. And they start the video as LD slowly seems to snap out of her you know, little funk. And starts to enjoy the video. And uh, it, was, it was good to see Alexa and LD interact. Because they had their little interaction back in uh, Degrassi Junior High. when, uh, Well with the episode where LD didn't like the pictures of the Sunshine Girls in Joey's locker. So LD enlisted the help of Alexa back in that episode. To uh, get back at Joey by posting pictures of dudes in LD's locker and making fun of Joey. Anyway, back at the donut shop, Michelle's dad shows up to her surprise. Michelle says that she cannot talk now, she has to work, but her dad wants to know why she wasn't at school. Michelle's boss shows up and asks if everything's okay. And Michelle's dad says that he wants to talk to his daughter alone. The boss agrees, but not before telling Michelle to not be too long, as this is a business. Shut up. It's it's an issue. It's a family issue. Michelle's there. Isn't this the day, like the co-worker day, flu day? So 
bloody hell, she should be allowed to take an hour if she wants to. Michelle sits down to talk with her dad, who tells her that he talked to BLT, which surprises Michelle. And while BLT doesn't like, you know, Michelle's dad very much, he's very fond of Michelle. Michelle's dad then tells her that if he that if he and BLT are worried about her and the school oh well, she tells Michelle that he and BLT are worried about her and uh, the school called him told uh, him about her absences Michelle says that she's fine her dad then says that uh, he got the ring back and he gives it back to her because it is hers and he tells Michelle that she's got a bright future and not to throw it away to work at a donut shop Michelle insists that she's got to pay rent as her dad says that the room in the house is, you know, she still has a room at home. Michelle refuses to go back and she says that she cannot go back and live under his rules. Her dad then tells her that he's trying to change and it's not easy adjusting to life without her mother and that he still loves Michelle. The next day at school, the zits arrive and Joey is complaining about his driving test saying that he shouldn't have, that he shouldn't have to signal when there's nobody behind him. Hence why he failed Snake also failed as he was told to change lanes and when he went to do it he was cut off by another driver and as a result the inspector flunked Snake. (laughs) Nancy then shows up driving a convertible but she says her parents got her and she shows it off to the Zits who are envious. Elsewhere BLT and Michelle are walking the halls and BLT has learned that Michelle is allowed to stay in her apartment and her dad is going to help her with the rent so she won't have to work as much. Michelle says that she believes her dad is coming around and that he's lonely. And she invited her dad to her place for dinner on Sunday and she asked BLT if he'd like to go too. BLT says that it's not a good idea right now as he and Michelle's dad are not ready to be buddies. Michelle accepts this. They kiss and we get the credits. Great two-parter. Ah, memories. Ah, I never did any of that, you know, getting angry at the parents and then wanting to leave and all that stuff. I, as I said, I moved out 22 years old. Halloween night, 1997. Yeah, basement apartment. Yeah, and, oh yeah, another thing, it was, it was, it was supposed to be, it was called a one-bedroom basement apartment, but the finger quote bedroom was barely big enough to house my twin-sized bed at the time. So I ended up having my bed and my living room chair, basically everything out in the living room, including my bed. That's how small the place was. Whereas now I've graduated to a mansion. <laughs> uh, not really, because you all are selfish and will not give me money. Anyway, that was Degrassi Buddy episode 16, episodes 7, 8, 9, and 10. Check back with cerealandgrapejuice.com. I am Nairby on Twitter. I am Nairby on Instagram. I am also Nairby at Donut Shops when I choose to go there for next week episode of Degrassi Buddy, which will be episode 17. Where we will we, where we will be recapping Degrassi High Season 1 Episodes 11, 12, and 13 entitled All in a Good Cause, Natural Attraction, and Testing 1, 2, 3. Very, yeah. All in a Good Cause, Claude the Scumbag. We're going to get there. Well, thank you for listening. Spread the word. And as I've been saying, and nobody's been doing anyway, if you've got any memories, comments that you'd like me to read and critique and all that stuff of Degrassi memories or whatever, favorite characters, any crushes you had, send them to, send them, uh, leave them in the comments uh, underneath the link to this site at serialandgrapejuice.com or you can email me at nairby at gmail.com. 
and I will read them and I'll make fun of you. I'll find some way to make fun of you. Yeah. So anyway, go there, do stuff, spread the word, have a lovely day, and we will see you next week for more Degrassi Buddy. <laughs>